attractive person. Very in, pretty girl. In, in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Where those guys, well, she lived those in guys London. love having sex from the Scandinavians. What? They, how do you know that? Very how does Mark, how do you know that girl, the I Scandinavian all, men love having do the, sex? Somebody's got to do the research on this show. Mark. There is Scandinaviansonly.com dating you site I can sign up. Exactly. Jesusfuckshit.com. Hi, and welcome to Gen X Temporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. In this episode, we are discussing The Tinder Swindler, a new Netflix documentary about Simon Leviev, an Israeli national who is responsible for perpetrating romance scams against multiple women over the last decade. Leviev used dating apps to meet multiple women, established lines of credit and loans in their names, and ultimately left them holding the bills. This episode features a couple of special guests, my friends Kelly and Joanne. They will be here to share their thoughts. The bottom line in this episode is this question. Are the women victims or do they share responsibility for what happened to them? Kelly is abound to insult women this week as she blames them for their own misfortune. But remember, we're Gen X. We got our sensitivity chips late in life and we're still learning how to use them. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Wow, one take. Good job. (laughs) Oh, everyone. That was an absolute nightmare. Okay, Mark and I are are quickly re-recording the opening sequence, um, and we're going to do a quick little chat before we dive into this episode, because I felt like we needed to contextualize things a little bit better than we did. And you wanted me to sing a little bit. No, I don't want singing. All right, so Mark... We have a couple of special guests that are coming on this week with us, and we this is actually going to be the first of two episodes. What? Yep. I didn't plan for that. Well, I'm sorry. I only we, watched the uh, documentary one time. Well, no, but we've already recorded the whole thing. I'm just splitting it into two because there was so much fun, good material that I thought- Can't leave anything. Can't, you can't leave anything I, out except I had, for maybe well, my singing. I've cut quite a bit out, but still it was it was a lot of talking. Better and, not uh, have been my stuff. Well, I did. one couple of the jokes. What? Yep. Um, okay, so this documentary is a Netflix documentary- uh, and it is all about this guy who claimed to multiple women that he was the heir to a diamond fortune. Right. We'll go into detail about what he does uh, as we get into the episode, but he leaves these women cumulatively millions of dollars in debt. Absolutely. The documentary itself was directed by Felicity Morris. As I mentioned, it is currently streaming on Netflix. It was released on February 2nd, and it is all over the internet. And yeah, it's we, trending. And we actually... And we're jumping on that we're bandwagon. We're jumping on that bandwagon. But per the request of multiple of our listeners... That's right. We wouldn't do it just on our we own. We wouldn't just do this on our own, everyone. Um, we have our sex positivity episode queued up and ready to go, but we had so many people write in and say, oh my gosh, this is such a... You know, like, we're watching it. Yeah, and it's hot. Yeah, we're going to jump on it. It's like, what would have happened if we had... Instead of been just practicing podcasting at the time, right? When Tiger King hit, oh yeah. By then we were, by then we were building the massive number of hours of podcasts that went into the first half hour episode yeah. on cancel culture. Yeah, that's right. Like we Switch. talked for ten hours, had eight uh, half uh, thirty minutes of usable uh, yeah. podcast. You'll have to. It's it's it's. We had some quality sound quality issues, and I didn't know what I was doing editing. <laughs> I was but learning now you as do. I go. Now I do. 
uh, well, I know better, but uh, that, I, you know what I might do is make that available on our Patreon. Might be funny for people to hear if they want to hear it, but I just don't want that on our on our public feed. It's a bit. It was, oh, it's, it's great. Good. Well, the content is good. It's just that the my editing was not where it needed to be. Okay, so Joanne and Kelly are people that I know have met through the Wilvers. Yeah, uh, for and those we're not of you, holding that against them at all. No, for those of you who are our regular listeners, you know about the Wilvers. We've done yeah. multiple episodes. And some of our deluxe listeners also <laughs> know about that. That's correct. Our, our, our fancy, <laughs> yes, our fancy our, listeners. Our most base <laughs> listeners really don't know what's no, going on. No, but if you are new to this podcast, oh. if this, this is the first time that you're catching us, we did a couple of episodes a while back about a fandom, a Generation X fandom that has risen up around a young Canadian TikTok creator. He's done some campaigns and he's doing uh, some acting classes, I guess. I don't know. So, so yeah, so what you're going to hear now, everyone, is the first half of a conversation that we had with Joanne and Kelly. And next week, we'll, we'll do the second half. At the end of this episode, Mark and I are going to come in and have a little bit of a chat about some of the themes that we've talked about and point to some... Tie it all together with some yeah, greater meaning. Just, just, try, just give it a little bit of like, okay, so here's where we were in this, a little yeah. bit of a summary. Well, I'll mansplain it to them as well. That, excellent. Do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we are with Mark, Kelly, Joanne, and then me. Why you put yourself last like that? Because you're humble. I'm, I am humble. <laughs> I know. I just asked. I just said. <laughs> yeah. That was okay. my assumption. Okay. Humility. Yeah. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Just before we get started, I'm yes. gonna need, I'm, I have enemies. You have enemies. <laughs> I need about 50K oh. to get away. Well, you know what? We have some guests here that might be able to help you with that. All right. So welcome, Joanne. Thank you for joining us. Would you like to say a few words about your initial impressions? Give us a quick hot take on the Tinder swindler. Sure. Hi, Christina. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me. What's up, what's up? Uh, my initial response to the Tinder swindler was WTF. I was just in complete and utter shock that these women fell for such a scam. I kind of am in the middle of blaming them. I feel like they are responsible a bit for their actions, but I don't think that they're solely to blame for falling for his charm. I thought that was very well executed and 100% wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Kelly, thank you for joining. Would you like to give us your quick hot take? Absolutely, and I'm sure Mark will agree with this one. <laughs> so my initial reaction, not knowing what the, the, the whole documentary was about, was, you idiots, what are you doing? How can you not spot a scam a mile away? And although he had the charm and he had the money, my thoughts are, your gold diggers to be so attracted to that, that you were blinded by what was actually happening. And any person with a sane mind probably would have seen that coming from a mile away. Kelly and Joanne, and we'll let them provide you with their TikTok information and their Twitter information if they're interested in doing that at the end of the episode. Kelly and Joanne, I tried to, but I had crap internet, went live and they, they were talking about this really eloquently last night and and then i reached out to them and i said hey you guys i would love it if you guys but guess what come on and they don't have a podcast so but guess what? <laughs> we're stealing their talents <laughs> we're stealing their talents um okay so mark yeah hot take on the tinder swindler all right so of course, it's very easy, especially after the fact and that we know we're watching a documentary about a swindler. I mean, it's right there in the title, right? So we're all predisposed to see how how 
you know, smarmy he is and how, how, you know, ridiculous it is that these women uh, gave him these huge quantities of money. But I think you sh- we need to have a little bit of perspective about, you know, how this probably went down. It, it didn't go, you know, hey, we matched. Okay, can I have 10 grand? It's not like a Nigerian prince thing. I mean, this guy's been doing it for a long time and he's pretty good at it. And yes, it is easy to kind of get blinded by the glamour of someone's, you know, high-flying lifestyle. I don't know if I would call them gold diggers necessarily. So you are actually more sympathetic to them. Uh, yes, you feel I like am. they are. I think okay. we missed where they were really in they were really in a relationship with this guy, or at least they thought they were. And, you know, they were contact, they're talking every day. And it's not like they never met him, right? It's not like this is some kind of true catfish situation where he's, you know, some fat guy in his parents' basement, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he would come up to them, meet him at a nice hotel, sprung for a big expensive coffee for the first date or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was probably $40 coffee right. to be to be fair, but he didn't dr- drop, you know, four bills at, uh, you know, French laundry or anything. So, but I think, you know, I think it's easy to get caught up in that. And then once you're emotionally invested, these stories don't seem as ridiculous, right? Because he does have a somewhat, you know, I mean, the diamond business uh, has a bit of mystique to it. So you can imagine, you know, some rival, you know, maybe uh, being out for him. Plus, Everyone has seen Blood Diamond, yeah. my guy. So so it looks dangerous. It Leo does, does not come out of that well no, in the well, end. Like well, no. he dies, okay, right? Okay, well, spoiler alert. Maybe somebody wanted to watch that oh, movie. Well, he does do an everyone. excellent South African accent. He though. really does. Okay, good. so let's, you ladies, let's jump in and let's talk about some of the characters that we meet in the Tinder Swindler. So first we meet Cecilia. These are all very give me the name. I'll give it to you. Nordic F J E L L H O Y. Fjellhoy. Okay. Oh my God, Mark. Jesus fuck shit. <laughs> okay. That was almost sexy, Mark. Yeah, I know. Almost. Thanks, Joanne. That's the, I, uh, that's the curse of my almost. life being almost sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Cecilia is the first lady that we meet. Well, so, I mean, she's a perfect one for me to talk about first because I was just going to use the example of, you know, Mark saying they're not gold diggers. However, had Cecilia gone to meet, say, a truck driver for a coffee and he says, come on, let's get in my rig and go driving down the coast. (laughs) She probably wouldn't have done it, but she goes on a first date with this guy for a coffee. He swoons her, tells her, you know, he's all about her that he's going to have a Rolls Royce come and pick her up, take her home, pack a bag, get on a private jet plane with his baby mama. So to me, I, I think that's a gold digger. But um, falling, obviously, for his charm, that was her fault. I look at it like if somebody somebody is meeting somebody for the first time, you should have somewhat of a guard up. But she had no reservations to get in a car with a stranger. Maybe this was her career. Maybe dating was her career. Well, she we did, don't know. She did say that she had been on like seven years on Tinder. She had over a thousand mm-hmm. matches, like twelve hundred and some yeah. or seventeen hundred and some matches. She was very clear she, about it. She said, and "That's what I think is most amazing about love is that no matter how many heartbreaks you've had, you still go after it." I love dating. The moment I get nervous, then I know that there's something special here. And I love being nervous. That's the thing. Nerves make her feel like the situation is special. When I'm nervous, 
I, I don't feel like the situation is special. I feel like the situation <laughs> right. is scary. Um, mm-hmm. she, she said she wants an all consuming love. She wants the Disney style of love. Now I will criticize right. someone for that because I find that people who are chasing a relationship rather than, you know, meeting people and seeing if they match up, you know, or see if they love them and whatever. I feel like you do tend to make mistakes like this because you're trying then to fit people in this preconceived Disney notion of romance. And you tend to overlook things that don't, you know, don't fit in that, that, you know, that that peg doesn't fit in that hole. Right. So if you're, that's what goal, she said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, if your goal is, I want to fall in love, I feel like that tends to make you make mistakes. Right. So Joanne, Joanne, she said, I had memorized the entire Beauty and Beast cassette. I just love Belle. She's this small town girl like me, hoping for something bigger. It just sticks with you, like the feeling of a prince coming to save you. I think everyone has that little bit of hope. Deep down inside, it will be as magical as they were portraying it to be. But finding Prince Charming in real life, that's a lot of work. First of all, my mother would have killed me if I got on a plane and left with a stranger that I just met that day. So I think that it was pretty desperate of her. I think that the fact that she's so desperate to find love, and I think that's how she ended up in the situation that she's in. You're on, I don't know if you're on Tinder. I'm not on Tinder. I've dabbled in on Bumble. I had some success on Plenty of Fish. So how old is she? Not Joanne. Uh, How old am I? No, 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 Cecilia. She had to been right now. She's probably in her early thirties. Right. You guys. So here's the thing. Yeah. If if I had Tinder when I was, you know, in my mid twenties or whatever, I'd be on it all the time. Mark, what are you talking about? That if you were in your twenties, you'd be on dating apps. My guy, you do it now. Dating apps. (laughs) Do you not feel like people falsify their information on like Tinder and and uh, plenty of fish and all those? Yeah, Yeah. all their best qualities, all their happy days, all their good pictures. I mean, not seeing any of on your resume. On your resume, do you list fucked up a project and hit it from my boss? Right? (laughs) You don't do that. I mean, of course, you put your best foot forward. The tricky thing is of course when you put your fake foot forward um i mean i I don't know if we can give her a hard time about you know liking the date all right all right so all right so we've talked a a a bit about cecilia here and and kelly you kind of gave a good review of what happened and joanne too she found him on tinder met him had a coffee he said to her hey i really like you why don't you jump on a private jet with me to bulgaria so let's talk about simon he was perpetrating a scam he was saying that he was somebody that he wasn't he's really just this dude who was born in israel and uh started sort of petty fraud in his teens back in 2011 simon was suspected of stealing a check from his employer and he moves on to other stolen checks and forged checks Simon was supposed to meet in court, but he fled the country. Back in 2015, he had been defrauding three Finnish women. They don't give out the names, they are protected. He was saying that he was in the weapons industry to one of the women. To another woman, he said he was a Mossad agent. That's insane. He goes to prison, it becomes even worse. They let out a guy that has almost been like cooking up a new plan. I, right off the hop, I didn't trust him. 
Um, I didn't feel like he was a genuine person. He, he had that typical, uh, I have money, I have power, you're, you're falling into my spell. The title of the thing he, is Tinder Swindler. So just his looks his alone, vibes. because yeah. he, I mean, like he had that Instagram that was all like, I don't know, bougied up with all yeah, the yeah. cars and yeah. stuff. To me, not, uh, not attractive, too much of a show off. There was, the, the, that would have been red flags for me right there. Everything is you know, high-end clothes, high-end cars, high-end watches, trips, planes, this, that, and the next thing. Some, for me, some sort of red flag would have come up for that. Now that five, six days ago, we've seen that he now has a TikTok and has a, an Instagram um, going on to it. I feel like my, my feelings about him are correct. He's very cocky. You know, I'm coming back and I'm going to counter sue everybody. This is false. And he's back in his private jets. And now he's selling his business schemes, scams, whatever. I don't know. What do you, first of all, I did not find him attractive whatsoever. Me either. He looked like Euro trash to me. Yeah, not at all. Mm -hmm. He just looks like grimy to me. But I do have to say, you know, aside from him being a narcissist and a psychopath, <laughs> he is a brilliant man. You can't be stupid and do what he did. Do you think yeah, he- he's got psychopathic, obviously serious psychopathic tendencies, which tend to be found in above average intelligence, right? He could have actually probably even run this scam better, but he kind of, he kind of really accelerates it as the, uh, Walls are closing in. So he starts getting more and more desperate, asking for more and more larger amounts mm-hmm. of money. And then the fake payments start going. And that's really hard. I mean, you can't sustain it much longer than that. Right. But he has a plan. I mean, he has a program and it's worked Ponzi multiple scheme. times. It was the quintessential robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, he was taking the money from one woman, using it on the next. And when that money dried up, whoever he was using that money on was now the new bank, so to speak, he would take her money and find the next victim, get her all lined up and wash, rinse, repeat. And it, it sounds so simple, but it was very intricate the way he did it. And yeah, there was a lot of mistakes made, especially with the checks and things like that. And, and the fake watch, I don't know what he thought was going to happen when they weren't able to cash the checks or that the watches were fake, but in, you know, I think in, with the case of Cecilia, when the check didn't clear, she still kept sending money. Right. Yeah. So did Pernilla. And this is Mm -hmm. a good, this Mm -hmm. is a good segue. Uh, It's Pernilla (laughs) and her her last name is spelled S-J-O-H-O-L-M. Sholholm. It, it sounds like you're saying something dirty. I don't know. Yep. Is it just me, guys? Hey, come <laughs> over, come over to my house, and we'll play some show home. <laughs> oh God! All right, dirty to me. Talk Swedish to me. <laughs> I know. My God, Mark. All right, so Pernilla is the second woman that we meet. So as Joanne explained, you have these like one person is paying, and other people are benefiting from that person paying. Well, Pernilla was benefiting at least partially from Cecilia. I feel like her story was very, very similar to the first girl's story. Um, You know, it's all the high-end restaurants and meals and plane tickets and trips. And she, she was along for the ride. Like she had no question. He comes from quote unquote, this huge family that owns this huge diamond, you know, industry or or whatever they own. Empire. Yeah. Diamond. Prince. Yeah. Prince. And, and how could you think that he's got nobody else to turn to, but these women, 
So she was completely along for the ride as the first one was, as the third one was. And there's probably many others that never even came forward and spoke. But yeah, lapping it up, loving the, you know, the trips, the vacations, the the meals, the, the jewelry, the gifts, whatever he was giving to them. They all just fell for it. So there was one big difference. And Cecilia is Nella was platonic. After that, it makes this little bit of a move on me, but just doesn't feel right. He's like, no, maybe no. It's just like, better just stay friends. Yeah, maybe you're right. (laughs) Even though there wasn't a romantic energy between us, I really enjoyed myself. Right. Yes. She was like, eh, no, no love connection here, Chuck. She friend zoned him. She was so yeah. funny because she said, well, he dresses very elegantly, a little bit short for my taste was the first thing I was thinking, but he's really easy to talk to. He was a little short for my taste. Yeah. Yes, he did. He right. looked very slight and very tiny. Actually, then like what drew it, her to him, it was his money. It was his money and it was the party atmosphere, you know, like, I mean, who, but she had a, I mean, she wasn't like some grasping greedy girl. She had her own business, right? She was, you know, doing fine. I I mean, obviously I think it's important to distinguish between gold digging and kind of getting swept up in the glamor. So it can blind you a bit, but I mean, Pernilla, like you pointed out, she wasn't dating him. She was hanging out with him and his, Russian girlfriend or Finnish girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. It was like a threesome at some point. Well, she's she's just hanging with them and partying, right? Yeah. And she's flying to other countries and she's not necessarily flying her there, I don't think. I mean, no, in one case he did. He's like, hey, you want to come and hang with us? And then at one point she, you know, she's I mean, I would be tempted to say, Yeah, I kind of do, Simon. You know, it sounds fun, even though you're kind of tall short for me. She said that spending time with him was very much like they when they sat down for their coffee date or whatever it was a lunch date she he actually flew her to a different country to meet him Mm -hmm. and she said it's quite rare that you meet someone you have this instant connection after we spent an hour together we felt like we had known each other for 10 years or something so this is not unusual for narcissistic and, and, to be and very like, charming, to be very right? extremely charming. <laughs> this inane conviction that he can charm anybody and that no one can resist him is what makes the narcissist a pathological charmer. Many narcissists of both types brag about their wealth, their health, possessions, collections, spouses, children, personal history, family tree. In short, the narcissist brings forth and brags about anything that would garner him attention and render him alluring i mean you know (laughs) (laughs) can i say 100 percent, everyone (laughs) they are attractive narcissists are fun to be around unless you are somehow really connected to them then they are less fun to be around because they're they're it's very nightmarish uh with the gaslighting and all of the other stuff that happens but they are fun to be around until they're not so if you can just be friends with a narcissistic person and then dip when they start asking you for money and (laughs) and dip when they just get crazy right not all narcissists are swindlers they're Mm -hmm. just hurt people right well and here's kelly's gonna be kelly is somebody who always kind of takes me to task because i try and be kind about people why would you do that (laughs) but but it's but it's but kelly is a good check uh and balance for me i feel like sometimes you have a very strong opinion about things and you you plant your feet firmly 
but at the end of it, you're like, but they probably had a good heart for that, or they probably meant something really kind about it. Whereas I call a spade a spade. I, I can't see the kind in some people. I see them as mean or hurtful or obnoxious. And there's no, I, I, there's no variance there. There's none. Okay. And you always will say that, you know, oh, well, they were really, they said some really terrible things, but maybe they came from a dark place or maybe right. they were having they a probably, bad day. And they, and, but she's probably <laughs> right. No, no, but you're they, right, Kelly. I absolutely do that. And my, my thinking is, is that people, not, I'm not talking about Simon here. Right. I'm mm-hmm. talking, I mean, there are truly evil people in the world. Yeah, very few though. Honestly. Not as many, right. It's, there it's are a small, shitty people. there are terrible people, but they're not, yeah. necessarily evil holy evil right mm-hmm. i've been accused of being evil well you have. Honestly, <laughs> honestly you guys let me tell you i've been accused of being on the dark side yeah, by me with mm-hmm. kelly and joanne and okay. joanne yeah you guys, you guys are kind of the sith of twitter <laughs> we are the sith <laughs> everyone but having an opinion huh? having an opinion doesn't make you an evil person there's there's people who have total blinkers on and they see things one way and they can't sway from that. Mm-hmm. And if you try to say something that, you know, like perfect example, I said about these women in, in this Tinder swindler, was there not one person in their life that said, hmm, just a sec. Do well, you well, not there, see was. there were, there were some people in their lives like. I have a messenger group with my girlfriends. My friends are freaking out. Who is this guy? How do you know him? You can be abducted. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I was like, I'm just like, I want to date, you know. Her friends said, Her friend were like, the are you serious? Now keep in mind, these yeah. are young. Like at the time she was probably what, 26, 27. Yeah. Her friends are like, oh my God, are you serious? Why would you do that? Well, That's they so were doing ridiculous. it with a British accent though. Could you please were revise they? it? Right. What are you doing? <laughs> That's not right, okay? <laughs> you can't trust this bloke. <laughs> You idiot. Yeah, thank you. He's not mad. And she's like, no, I can shit trust him. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> you silly crumpets. I just love the fact that Norwegians love to swear in English. That's the best thing about this whole show. Uh, all right. I will always sort of say, like, I don't think they're coming from a place where they think they're being hateful or damaging or whatever, harmful. They think they're doing the best because I think most people operate from a perspective of I'm, and and I think this speaks actually to the psychology of what's happening with these women is that they assume because they operate from a place of common decency and relative honesty, because le, le, the, let's face it, everybody lies at some point every day. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that they are um, generally decent normal generally people, right? decent people and and generally decent people project general decency onto people that are around them just like the opposite evil people or dishonest people tend to project dishonesty onto other people right exactly kelly Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> See how I set yeah, that you up? Know me. <laughs> My evil little horns are sticking out all the time. <laughs> all right. So, Pernilla, let's get back to Pernilla. Pernilla is his buddy. She doesn't get into it with him, like sexually or anything like that. As far as we know. As far as we know. Well, but she might have with the, with the other, like, she goes on this whole summer tour. Yeah. With him through the, like, Greece. They're in Greece. They're in right. Mykonos. I mean, did you think that maybe there was something 
that you know might have happened a couple times i don't know it's hard to say it's hard to say at a certain point though she starts handing over money as well but at the same time that she's on this summer tour of europe with simon and his girlfriend polina yeah. a russian model yeah the who we don't hear anything from in this. We just see no. video. We know nothing. Um, then at the same time, Cecilia is back in London yeah. doing apartment searches because yeah. this guy has her down together. the path of we're yeah. going to move in together and have babies. And so, just I mean, I'm going to marry bit, you because again, you're my woman of my dreams. Right. And just a little bit, again, to kind of not really excuse, because obviously they made, huge mistakes and they would i'm sure admit that at this point but like i went to mardi gras with my friend mike mm -hmm. who we've heard here on the podcast right that's right he was on he was on the political podcast right. with us you know his family is well off mm -hmm. his dad co-founded aol we're in new orleans and at the end of the week he was like bro can i borrow your atm card so i can get money because i was done for the day like we've been drinking since 7 a.m and this is fat tuesday is the last day and i'm like sure here's your card because i know mike's good for it now did i know for a fact that mike was good for it could he have been scamming me throughout his college career and pretending that his family had money sure but i'm like no mike you know mike's good for it if he if he takes out 200 which back then was a fortune for me i know he'll give it back to me now, of course, he did end up in jail that night. So that's a that's a different, longer story. If it was one of my other friends who were, you know, in the same socioeconomic uh, strata as I was, I'd be like, well, you have some collateral or something? <laughs> I really need this $200 back by the end of the week or my rent check is bouncing, right? right? So, I mean, you know, just knowing that you're like, okay, well, that's a lower risk. Jesus. Ah, the eighties when $200 oh my God, cover that was, rent. I think that was the max yeah. you could take. No, no, that, that wouldn't cover my rent. Okay. So we have at this time, Pernilla partying through Europe and yeah. Cecilia funding it. And it is intense what he does. I believe the initial scam was his enemies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> His enemy. I believe he started it with the photo of him and Peter, who I would love to know more about, by the way. Well, um, I mean, like Peter. sexually or like just in general? I'm, I'm Did gonna, you say actually or sexually? Sexually. sexually. <laughs> uh, maybe a little of both. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of both. Um, what, what happened to this conversation? I'm sorry. It took a turn for the- We went way left on that. Sexy. Um, but no, I, if I remember correctly, I believe the first part of the scam is he sends the ambulance picture of him and Peter in the ambulance with the blood and they, you know, his enemy tried to stab him and they were, they had to go into hiding, I, I think. Yep. Um, and then it kind of just snowballs from there. He, he definitely has a playbook that he uses because obviously he sends the same picture and the same text messages and same stories to each woman. Um, and that's when the scam begins. That's when he needs the money. He has to go off the radar, can't use his own credit cards because he'll be tracked by said enemies. Um, and now the scam is in place and the women are sending him money and or credit cards so that he's not being um, found by the enemies. Yeah, and you know who his enemies are? American Express, Visa, mm -hmm. exactly. Mastercard, his number, Diners Club. <laughs> Diners Club. 
All right. So Kelly, he says, um, what is so great about this episode or this documentary, everyone? Oh, is, there's so much great about there's it. There's so much good about it. I mean, I could watch this like 10 times and pull out tidbits that I would love to just dive into. But um, okay. So Kelly, at one point, he's like, he's we've got all these recordings that are actual recordings of his yeah. voice and video mm -hmm. of him and he says <laughs> he says we are in a war we need to be strong and it's yeah. like really so wow. yeah so like, i i think when he presented that to them that you know his being safe was the fate was in their hands right he put that on them to make them feel like if you don't help me with this there's a good chance something horrible is going to happen to me so not only was he swindling them out of money and love he was mentally messing with them um, so that's where I feel like these women decided, you know, oh my God, if, if, if I don't help him, he, he's got nobody. But again, I say, how does somebody of that stature have nobody else they can turn to? Exactly. I mean, he's got a security detail, he's got everything else. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, Hey, suddenly they've shut off all my credit cards. Yeah. And, and they like, very well, willingly are you, are you back reacher, them. you know, like is, is your agency <laughs> turning on you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know and who to trust. I can only trust you. Their passports, they're giving him all this information. No questions asked. Just hand over fist. Hey, Here, no, just get question. credit in my name. So he, he starts putting putting tons of pressure on Cecilia because at, at a certain point her her amex they're they're questioning it like amex goes yeah. hang on let's put up a block like what's going on you're yeah. trying to spend all of this money and he's all over saying Europe. and yeah. he's saying well I, I listen you've got to call them and you've got to get them to raise Your limit. the limit uh yeah so he <laughs> he he fake hires her yeah he fake right. hires her for his fake yeah. ass company sends her fake fake ass pay well stubs. it's a real company and it's a real those people are real that right. own those. But they're just right. not him. He but that's not that. his father. Yeah. He photo. He actually photoshopped himself into, into photos yeah. with that man. Well, and now, and I think that's a good tip. If you are going to perpetrate this level of scam, uh, some Photoshop skills are useful. Hundred percent. Right? You definitely want to mm. learn how to, you know, crop yourself into or, you know, paste yourself into a cool photo. And, uh, you know, I think he's pretty good. I mean, it was a pretty good cut and paste job. But yeah, so what he does is he fake hires her and sends uh, her a fake pay stub. We're paying you like $90,000 a week or something. A week, $96,000 and, and Amex, honestly, you got to blame Amex a little bit too. They're like, yeah, <laughs> here, we're raising your limit, bitch. <laughs> You've had this job for what, 30 minutes? You definitely <laughs> deserve a higher Amex credit limit. All right, so he's he keeps asking Cecilia for tons of of more loans, and in the meantime, he's going to a place with um, Pernilla, yeah, called Bon Bonnière. Simon asks, "What should we go? What should we do now?" We decide to go to Bon Bonnière, also named as the Billionaires Club. You don't get in here without pay for a table, which is normally two thousand dollars. For people here, this is penis for them. It's coffee money. Which is like the billionaires. Yes. Like I was gonna say club. that sounds like yeah, that sounds wasn't like that that was fire in Mykonos, festival. Right? Yeah, that was in Mykonos, and she said, Well, yeah. this is like coffee money for these billionaires. Yeah. And then and she's, oh, she's not, not wrong. wrong. Yeah. Cecilia at this mm -hmm. point is funding the summer trip through Europe. Yeah. And then at a certain point, she says, I need to get paid back. She's yeah. got nine creditors. Yeah. And they're hammering mm -hmm. on her door. And then all of the sudden, 
things changed. Yeah. I'm out of money. He's still asking for money. There's no money coming. None of my paychecks have cleared. Alleged paychecks. Right. right. And mm-hmm. then it just, and then he starts asking Pernilla. Yeah. For money. Right. He reaches mm-hmm. out to Pernilla with that same story, you guys. Yeah. Where same it's video. Like, yep. Same video. Same exact photos. That he used that, the same ones with all the women. I mean, how many times do you want him to crack Vlad's head open or whatever his <laughs> exactly. name Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, Vlad the poor, looks, guy, Vlad poor looks guy's like probably a, getting paid a hundred dollars a day or something. So Vlad looks like he could be like a Serbian. Oh, yeah. He just He's definitely like took a left ex, turn to Stasi or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That guy definitely owns some kind of automatic weapon. Oh, okay. 100%. And Pernilla is like, wow. Um, I have some money put aside for the apartment that I want to get, but mm-hmm. this is my friend and I'm going to help him out. Last summer, we partied through Europe. Next summer, hopefully we'll party through Europe again. So she she floats him 30000 And meanwhile, Cecilia is checking her phone and, and hoping for money transfers to go through. Not happening. And at a certain point, Cecilia starts to realize this is this is all because she goes to him and he's like, I'll give you a check, but you've got to fly to me. And when she sees him, there's coldness. He seemed colder, wasn't the same kind of affection. It was almost a cloud across his eyes um, that I couldn't pierce through. When we get into the apartment, the check is already there. The check is for much more than the debt I have now. We're trying to be together, but I can just feel a distance. It wasn't a good night. He's obviously done with and, her. And FedEx doesn't operate in Europe, apparently. Right. <laughs> I guess not. So she like, goes. I'm so, my enemies prevented me from going to FedEx. Right. And you guys, Joanne and, and Kelly, either of you pipe in here. You've had that moment with a guy. To go back to the guy that I had met on Plenty of Fish, once. I found out that information about him having that, you know, secret love child that he was clearly ashamed of and didn't take any responsibility for. Maybe the kid was really bad at sports or something. Could be. (laughs) Um, But the dynamic in our relationship definitely changed because as I, I didn't know it at the time, but afterwards I realized he was just a complete narcissist. And now that the facade of him being this great father and this excellent provider for his family was, was blown wide open and I knew the truth he treated me very differently um he was not nearly as loving um there was no abuse or anything like that but the love stopped and you could you could just tell it was over and we were both going through the through the motion so to speak for me it was my utter disgust of him but I wasn't ready to end it because I was still trying to comprehend what had just happened And I think for him, it was that he just wanted me gone because he couldn't con me anymore. And his con wasn't, he's a wealthy billionaire. His con was, I'm this loving father, family man. I made a mistake and cheated on my wife, blah, blah, blah. But I'm still a great, great dad and and everything else. And the facade was blown and you could definitely feel that. and, And there wasn't anything more he could get from me at that point in terms of my affection or my admiration or whatever it was, there's nothing there left because I I knew the truth. And I think that's kind of parallel with 
Simon and Cecilia, there was no more money left. So he had no use for her. Yeah. And he yeah. needed to move on yeah. to he the next attached and in whatever way he was really even attached in the first place. But he definitely mm-hmm. Kelly, what about you? Have you ever had that where that like the moment it's just done? Yes. So I will say um, with my, my first husband that, or sorry, my second husband, I'm on husband number three now. Um, Thank you, Elizabeth. Please. Well, uh, actually with both my husbands that I'm no longer married to my first husband, um, he was a father uh, before I married him and we had his kids and the persona of who he was and what I fell for because I met him and everything happened really quick was kind of like that vacation mode where you're whining and dining and everything's great. Um, and then you see them in real life and what their real life is like, it totally changes everything. Um, and I feel like you start to lose respect for a person and a person who was uh, initially attractive to you slowly becomes uglier. And I don't mean by looks, I mean, their soul and who they are become uglier. Same thing happened with my second husband. I had my children. He wasn't what I expected to be and stepping up to the plate as a father uh, figure when my babies were very small. Of course, you guys know I had twins um, and I just slowly start to lose respect. Once I lose respect for somebody, um, they become ugly to me and I no longer can see them in the way I used to see them. So when I detach from somebody, it's super apparent. You will know if I don't like your behavior and the way you're doing things. Um, it's not going to be hidden. And I do feel like when you start to lose respect for somebody or you're questioning their motives or their truthfulness, um, yeah, it, it start, it's, it's very apparent. You can see it on somebody's face, their actions, everything. It's a very Scorpio kind of Oh my God, don't yeah. doing Zodiac. It, it, de- it definitely is because for me, what you see is what you get with me and how you treat me, I will treat you. If you treat me with kindness, I'm going to treat you with kindness. If you treat me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect. If you start to change the way you are, I'm going to mirror that. And so with, with my first two husbands, as soon as I, I, I started to like see this side to them, I immediately start to pull away and I lose respect for them as a person. And so there goes your respect as a, you know, as a human, there goes that sexual attraction. There goes that uh, whoa, husband, whoa, 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 wife whoa. thing. That goes what? away too? Oh yeah. As yeah, soon as absolutely. you have a woman. Is that true for yeah. you, Joanne, too, as a woman? If, if you are no longer seeing them as somebody, as a person of integrity? Yeah. Your sexual oh, attraction. I yeah. feel like I could rob a bank and kick some puppies and still be sexy. <laughs> well mark okay the epitome of sexy so i mean we've all, all i have your, to do is your twitter profile picture. <laughs> uh all right so okay so we've all had that experience where you just kind of all of a sudden you recognize that things are shut down but you guys are speaking about it from your own perspective where you shut down what she is saying is that when she got to him at that point uh camilla Mm-hmm. Cecilia, when she got yeah. to him at that point, she said there was like a there was like something over his eyes, and I, right. I kind of went, "You would have still fallen for it if he had been different, if he had behaved differently." Um, but he was all loved up from Paulina at that point when when she went to him. Yes. And so I think that she was just, I really honestly think he could have, he could have like 
he could have dragged Strung her, her along long. a lot longer. A Absolutely. lot longer. I honestly think mm-hmm. so. But at this point, she is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. Icy. Um, yep. and so then her mother says, "Come home and live with me." Yeah. And she's like suicidal. She's thinking yeah. about driving into a truck. And then she puts herself into a psych ward. Which, by the way, uh, is an interesting uh, uh, juxtaposition with uh, American society where you can't put yourself into a psych ward. It would have cost you another $250,000. But she can just, she has socialized medicine. So she's like, yeah, so I spent a couple months in a psych ward. It cost me a buck (laughs) fifty. In Europe, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. so, So what ends up happening is Cecilia is in the psych ward. And Pernilla at this point is starting to pay into the Ponzi scheme. Right. And so Cecilia has already been in contact with American Express. They actually came to her home. That is the weirdest thing. Are there American Express investigators? Were you shocked? Julie? Yeah. Speak to yeah, me. Yeah. I've, you know, cause I, my background professionally has been, um, when I started my career was in, um, consumer debt collection. Stop calling. And it's very <laughs> Mitch, have you have we talked before? Yes, that would be me. I'm the one that would call. Please, and please take me off your list and stop calling me after nine. It's so rare to hear that they actually went there in person. I just from a professional standpoint, I was just truly shocked yeah, that they do that. Yeah, you um, drive so, up to people's houses and go, hey. It was Britain. They're I wish very, we could have done they're it. They're very polite in Britain. Well, plus, Britain. plus she was into them for big money. Two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Well, no, not Amex. It was who. That's not big for Amex. Yeah. A portion of two hundred and fifty thousand. But this was a. It seems like this was. She had nine creditors. Yeah. This was part of an ongoing investigation against this guy. Yeah. So they said to her, "Do you have a picture?" And they said, and and all of a sudden she said they were sitting there and they said, "Oh, that's that guy." Except they're it's that guy. They're English. Oh, that's the guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no bloody (laughs) doubt, right? Why are they always Cockney or like because that's that's one of my best accents. Okay. (laughs) I don't do a posh accent that great, Mm -hmm. but I can do. You know, oh, that's definitely the guy, right? So it's a fair cop. We've done it. So after all of that happens, Cecilia's in the psych ward, self self admitted yeah, she checks herself in and then she's like well medicine. i need to look into this so she's yeah. googling and she's looking at everything and mm, all late. Of, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she goes you know what i need to uh need to get this story out there because she sees that there's this guy who is called shimon hayut yeah yes who is the same as Simon? And, and that's the same guy. Jesus fuck shit. <laughs> I noticed that's my boyfriend, and I'm going to be really mad. I'm getting total Tim Conway vibes from yeah, you. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of Tim Tim Conway's. Uh, Are you a Swedish guy? Yeah. Dwarfish, we can do the Muppet Swedish guy. Well, you know, it's a bork bork and dirt. <laughs> I'm sure all the all Scandinavian people are completely scandalized. At this we point. have no Scandinavian lies, as far yeah. as I know. Maybe we all need right. some. <laughs> well, hello. So what she does is she she googs this guy. She realizes that there was a a lawsuit in Finland of all places where this guy got put in prison because of scams he had he had perpetrated on Finnish women. One of those Finnish women was baby mama from the plane who was on the plane with the baby on her first date on cecilia's first date with him and it's crazy to me and and also Mm -hmm. to cecilia cecilia said 
And then a face pops up that is very familiar. It's the same woman that was on the jet with me. The same woman that has a child with Simon. How on the fucking earth were you a victim? You were standing at the trial back in 2016, putting him to jail. And suddenly, three years later, you're sitting on a private jet with Simon. Things that she told me in that car made me really believe that he was a great guy. Why didn't she warn me? My cynical She was ass. part of it, obviously. She is a part of it. And you know, at the end, they say, well, she denies any wrongdoing. Well, don't well, they all? I mean, I wouldn't admit to it either. What are you going to do? Go, hey, yeah, I, I mean, was in on but it. But that would be, honestly, that would have been an interesting wrinkle to the whole scam. It's like, look, all right, I definitely ripped you off for a quarter million, but maybe you could get paid back if you become you know, my account, my wing, my man, accomplice, my wingman. Well, right? was that his child? It really was his child. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it could have been, you know, look, if you want child support from me, I'm going to need you to, yeah, I need to keep my uh, cash flow, you know, yeah. positive. 100%. Okay. So Cecilia at this point in the psych ward That's says real risky though. That's really crazy. That's a, that was a crazy move. to break. Well, women are more likely to trust a mother. Yeah. Oh, and a for child. sure. He's like, yeah, is he a good guy? Oh yeah. He's a good guy. Right. Yeah, and totally then takes care of the kids. Here's the thing: women are—it's—it's it's weird because we want to trust other women. Yeah, and often other women will betray us. Yes, I've noticed that. They won't always. Oh, like I—I—I I, I, feel no, not a hundred percent of the time. But I feel of the time. No, not ninety-nine. Mark, <laughs> no, Mark. I feel like at this point in my career, I've gotten pretty good at judging which women are trustworthy but kelly and kelly joanne says, kelly says you you, you know, barely made it into my book yeah <laughs> see like <laughs> you know me i vet people badly and I, I i we were talking about this last night i keep the circle very small i have a very hard time letting people in and trusting people because once you start you know spreading yourself out over a whole bunch of people all of a sudden the trust gets broken somewhere and who do you go back to? So I'm very careful with who I trust. All right, so Cecilia in this time of crisis decides I'm gonna reach out to VG, which is the biggest newspaper in Nor Oslo, Norway. Yes, VG, yeah. it's a good one, Jesus. Okay, so they ask her for documentation. She's like, hold my beer. Yeah, I, I have, have so many WhatsApps. I have 400 pages of text with audio and video supplements. Yeah. And they lot. and these reporters start digging through it and they they do this kind of sting operation on him. They yeah. go to his apartment, his like childhood apartment or whatever that was and his mother goes, "I don't know, he's not he's not a part of us anymore. I haven't talked to him in years." So they get all this information and it's just like being able to sort of like dissect a relationship and they watch how he manipulates them. So here's one thing I would say about this whole thing and it I thought this the whole time I was watching this. His life has got to be fucking stressful. I mean, I don't feel bad for him. Sure. I just don't really get how you want to. I mean, honestly, his life would be less stressful if he just worked really hard for money. Right. Because he's, he's living a lie. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. constantly on the edge of, you know, faking documents and floating and kiting checks and not having any money and having a shit ton of money. And that has got to be like, how do you sleep? 
I mean, I don't. Yeah, and how how do you keep up with your lies? Yeah, I don't. That that goes for regular life, right? When you lie in regular life, you're having to really, you know, chart what you're saying to make sure you're staying in line with. He's lying on WhatsApp, so he can just go back and reread what his lie was. Exactly. (laughs) Hold on, I'll respond in a second. I just need to read these last few. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, enemies. Just enemies. To that a little bit. It's. I always look at people like that when you hear stories about people who. Um, you know, runs elaborate scams like this, or, you know, do bad things, like kind of like the guy from catch me if you can. It's, I always think like, if they use their evil ways for good, what could they have accomplished? Oh, 100%. You know? Yes. Especially the guy from Catch Me with If You Can. They work so hard not to work. He's a genius. Yeah. He did everything he could do not to actually apply his genius for good. Right. It was just like for scam. I mean, I know part of it has to be that feeling of superiority. Yeah. When you know you've gotten over on somebody. Right. So I assume that's his, you know, that in the lavish lifestyle, obviously, but that's where he's getting his, you know, uh, endorphins from, but still, that just seems like a really stressful way to live your life. A lot of work. Yeah. Okay, so Mark, right. that was a fun conversation that we had with Joanne I mean, and Kelly. so far. So far, and I think that we're we're hitting on some interesting points. One of the things, you know, I know that we're kind of getting into, like, should is it partially their their fault and and all of the rest? Right. You fall on a hard no. You feel you feel Look, that they're victims. I mean, victims that's like and- your house burnt down. Is it partially your fault that you didn't make it out of asbestos? I guess you know, but that you the all the that's all the maliciousness. Different. All the ill intentions came from one person. And, you know, again, why would we victim blame them at all? That's like, you know, well, you shouldn't have been wearing a short skirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get, I guess. But I think that it, what's interesting to me here is that I, I think that women are going to necessarily be harsher on them because as women... You're just we just jealous and bitter and horrible. No, it's not no. that. I think. Well, no, but it is. I mean, women do. Women are very harsh on women. I and I don't know if men are as harsh on men as women are on women. We're very judgmental of women. But I think we are able to put ourselves into their shoes. We are think, you though? Well, we think we are. Yeah. And then we and say, then well, if you don't do it, the way, attitude. And, right? Like that could <laughs> never happen to me. Yeah. That's like how everybody thinks. Well, I could never fall into a cult. Yeah. And then you know, eight months. Months later, you're a part of the GGs, and yeah, exactly. I mean, look, there's no question who the bad guy is, right? The only question is, do you want to also say, well, you guys were a little gullible? But I mean, that's fine. But that's not blame sharing, right? They don't deserve any of the blame. They didn't, you know, and it's hard to view them harshly because none of them really. I mean, of course, they were mesmerized by the glamour. I dare any one of you not to be. You say you wouldn't. You say you wouldn't. But guess what? If some, if your boyfriend takes you uh, for lunch in Paris on a, on a private jet, you're going to be dazzled. Yes, you are. No, yes, and you I'll are. Tell you, uh, let me tell you, here's a little personal story for you, an anecdote, if you will. I had a man who I met who had a plane, and he was, like, really wanting to flash around. He was a hedge fund guy. Not my point. Can I finish? No. Yes. No, so, just let me talk now. So, so my point is, is that his conspicuous consumption made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I just didn't feel comfortable about it. And he was like, why don't I just fly up and have lunch with you? Because he was in right. Chicago. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think, you know, like, I'm not real comfortable with that. I ended up, I did end up meeting him. He had buckets 
buckets of money. I wasn't interested. He just, it was too much. It was like too, too. now, he didn't look like George Clooney. I'm not saying that, you know, everybody would be instantly swept off their feet just because somebody has money. But what I'm saying is if you already like the person and then it turns out that, oh, hey, as a bonus, they have a castle. Nobody's not going to think that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it is Cool, but you have to like them. Yeah, yeah and you well, have to have that connection. And I think connection. in the cases where they were dating them, I mean, they, they said, you know, great conversation, you know, uh, instantly felt like I knew them. Can you get dazzled by that? So especially if you're young, can you get dazzled by conspicuous consumption like that? Sure, but that doesn't mean that they're gold diggers, right? None of them ever asked for any money from him no, other than no. give me the money that I loaned you. No, but <laughs> the one girl did say, oh, look at all those cars and the, you know, like this is this this profile was attractive to me. And he, he, you know, totally pumped his profile full of things like Ferraris and yeah. oh, fancy no, I watches get it. and things yeah. like that. So, I mean, he set the, he set the trap. What I wonder, and I think we get into it in our next, in the next half of the conversation is, uh, so here's a little bit of foreshadowing for everyone is, Ooh. is the, I saw myself dead in the rain. No, oh, okay. <laughs> is that, is that like, it's a numbers game. There had to have been. Oh, no doubt. So many women. Who Absolutely. swiped? What do you do? Right when you? I, I've never used Tinder. Do you use, go right if you like them? Why are you asking me? I I know that you have. <laughs> so you go right, right if you like them, left if you don't. Okay, so if you, so I bet there were lots of people that matched with him. Sure, but and, he just worked look, through. Not it didn't work with and, everyone. And, it, and guess what? It's okay to like cool cars and fancy jets and stuff, right? It's okay to like that. That's yeah. why people get on them because they like them. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see too, like how many that actually matched with him went out on a couple of these fancy dates. He blew a bunch of money on them. Right. And then as soon as he and said, they, they give me some money, right. he, they're like, you know, no, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that'll come out. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think we talk about that in the next episode. Right. Or maybe all women just fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here. Many thanks to Joanne and Kelly for being with us on this episode and yeah, on the good. next episode. They did really well. I I had so much fun doing it. They had done this this talk, as I mentioned in this episode, they had done this talk the night before um, on on a TikTok live, right? Which is really what prompted. Well, this me. is a whole other level of professionalism, uh, though. Yes, Mark. But <laughs> what I wanted to do was open up that conversation right. to them. You know, as women, I think it's really fun to listen to other Man. women's oh. view. No, other women's <laughs> views of things like this that are yeah. really specific to like where women where women are. And so it, I was just there to explain things when you guys didn't get it. Okay. I mean, what was my job? Okay. The Swedish pronunciation. Oh, yes. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. All right. So, everyone, thank you very much for coming and listening to us each week. We really appreciate it. Please come and follow us on our social media. Mark has a Twitter at Mark Eats Peach. We have a podcast Twitter at Extemporaneous2. And we have a Facebook group, Gen Extemporaneous. So, please come and follow us on any of or all of those platforms. Preferably all. I, I have nothing else to say. I'm at I'm at a loss now. I don't know what Peace else to out, say. Peace out, <laughs> Oh, it's in Swedish this week. All right, everyone. Norwegian. Thank you. Bye.